Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! They did it. A miracle. Legends. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Matthew Cox. The three-man weave crew, Kai McKeon, Jim Rube, joining me today. Every Wednesday, dropping a new episode of the Big Bets on Campus, talking all things college hoops. It is late November. Feast Week is behind us. And conference play has started? Question mark? It's too soon. I will take a stand against it. I will bemoan it all episode today. It's too soon, but we will discuss that along with some of the Power Conference cross-challenges today. Um, But first, we review and get into our favorite section of the entire episode, our live dog of the week. Uh, Where's my dog? Uh Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Uh Trying to sprinkle some Maddie Moneylines out there for the listeners. And we confidently gave out Northern Iowa, the pathetic Purple Panthers last week. Um, just want to you know quickly gloss over that. Looked great uh, for 20 us. minutes. Looked it did. great for 20 minutes, Matthew. And then, yep. oh boy, did it get torched in the second half. Uh, yeah, so not a great uh, start to that section. But hey, it's a new week, a new uh, a new dawn, and a new day, Mr. McKeon. So we mm-hmm. um, looking ahead to Wednesday, Thursday of the upcoming week here. Some good options, um, some potential live dogs and, and, and good spots, some feisty dogs. I think there's a theme with these dogs, some feistiness, um, especially in some uh, early conference opportunities. You see some teams may potentially rise after a dreadful start to their non-con. Um, we, we picked out three here. So Sam Houston State goes to Arizona State on Wednesday. Tarleton State goes to SFA in a conference tilt out there in the WAC. And then Grand Canyon going to UT Rio Grande Valley, another WAC game. Identified the dog as potentially live in all three of these. I think you're probably laughing at the last inclusion there, UT Rio Grande Valley, who has been I, I am. awful. Okay. I'm yeah, listening. listening with no visual. I am chuckling, clucking at you, Matthew. Sides you. splitting. Yeah, yes. I went rogue on that one. But I think the first two are prudent inclusions. Sam Houston State, the Mudge Crew, Jimmy, Tarleton State, always a thorn in the side of whoever they play. Either of these two, pique your interest. The Mudge Men. Sam Houston State, Matthew, love them. Uh, this team's been super feisty already this year. 
Now, there is some injury question marks in their lineup. Their two opening day front court starters, Cam Hefner and Suleiman Dumbia, have been out the last couple, but it has not slowed them down. Like they have been really, really tough to play against for people. They're tough to score against. And that's the issue for Arizona State. They can't score. This offense is terrible, like, like mm-hmm. truly awful. Kai, in the preseason, we were talking about how Arizona State made some weird decisions in the portal, bringing guys from losing programs, like with a bunch of O's in losing there. Uh, guys that just have not done anything of of real substance in college so far, and it's shown through uh, in their performance at ASU. They beat Vandy last time out, but it was a mega shorthanded Vandy and guys coming back from injuries. I don't buy that at all. I think Sam Houston State can absolutely win in Tempe. Yeah, I, I can too. They They will drag down... Arizona State into the mud, as we like to say, and then mudge. frankly, the into the mudge. And, and yeah. any team that starts Jose Perez confidently uh, is a fade in my book. Um, th- that was a late transfer from West Virginia to Arizona State. And for some reason, Bobby Hurley started him right away. And we saw him in person in Chicago. One very good. This offense is bad. Sam Houston State's a better shooting team than Arizona State. We know they're tough. They still have kind of the same identity they had under Hooten for, for so many years. Mudge was an assistant on those teams. So, yeah, I, I do like Sam Houston State. Matt, the Tarleton game, a little bit nervous because I think Stephen F. Austin is truly awesome this season, but it is going to be a crazy game. Both teams can't really handle the ball. Both teams force a lot of turnovers. Uh, going to be a lot of free throws in this game. Maybe the over is a good play just because of how many free throws are going to be shot. Uh, but but I do like Sam Houston State on Wednesday from your from your bunch there. Yeah, I think it's a consensus sweep on Sam Houston, right? I mean, we watched uh... – you know, UL Monroe should have probably, or sorry, not Monroe, UMass Lowell, the other ULM, yes. I guess, uh, or UML, whatever, uh, should have beat them in Tempe. So I'm taking that one to the bank. I'm also going to take the Texans. SFA beat Drake by 24, then they lost to Utah State by 30. Like, it's just the ultimate, like, who the heck knows? I think they're really good, but I think they're prone to some head-scratching results. It's just the, their ball security is shaky. Um, and Charlton State certainly a team that can capitalize on that with the way that Billy the Clyde and crew play down there in the Lone Star State. Um, so no thoughts on Grand Canyon going down to the Valley, the Vaqueros UTRB beat this team last year with Grand Canyon. Then I would take the money line with Rio Grande. Yeah. I think the point that they literally beat Grand Canyon last year might actually work against taking the Vaqueros here that you can certainly argue that the, uh, the Lopes led by Ty and Grant Foster, maybe the story of college basketball so far to date, um, will not take this team lightly. Can I quick Uh, list Rio Grande Valley's efforts against D1 competition? Lost yeah, to South Dakota by 21, lost to TCU by 33, lost to Oklahoma by 24. Okay, fine. Uh, lost to Hawaii by 19, lost to Arkansas State by 17. They have not Tough been spots, within though. 17 of a yeah. Division One opponent yet this year. I'm, I'm not going to take them outright against the best team in the WAC. Fair enough. Uh, could be good value, but uh, I, I guess I'll just put that in there so when they do win, I'll told you. I told you so, even though I'm not actually officially taking that. Uh, Thursday, there's only one real good option that I saw. There's actually just better games generally on Thursday. We'll get to that later in the episode. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, we actually mentioned last week uh, in this section uh, under a new era, a new regime against Fordham, a team that we were sort of skeptical on being a good favorite, Kai, but then they beat the crap out of Manhattan. Maybe Fordham's legit. Maybe we'll just kind of pass and not even consider this one here. Well, I do think Fordham's legit, but that doesn't mean they can't be prone to stalls offensively. Um, I still think they are very prone to stagnate. They don't really have a high scoring guard like Quisenberry last season. Uh, guys are certainly getting better. Will Richardson is certainly getting better, but that's still a big problem for them. And FDU, with the way they play, with the way they can first force turnovers, with the way they get up and down, um, I think they can probably be a live dog here. I, I, I'm probably not going to take it officially on this show. FDU's defense is truly terrible and they will get smashed inside, uh, but it's not a bad thought. 
Matthew. Yeah, it could be worth a live money line too, Matt. FDU has gotten down big yeah. in a couple straight games and come all the way back to cut it to three or one or take the lead. Uh, they had a half-court buzzer beater to cover against Jacksonville in the neutral site event that they played at Robert Morris. That broke my heart. It's had frown face for me. Uh, but they're feisty. They're a very feisty dog. It's kind of like last year. They're small, fast, quick, and they can go on runs because of the way they play, like I said. So I don't mind that one, Matt. And with Fordham's impotence offensively, can they really take advantage of FTU's bad defense? I, I don't know. So 11-point spread on Ken Palm, you're going to get some decent money line value there. Agree, Jim. Uh, shuffle pass right back to you. Uh, outline the other ones that you picked out of the pile that you're going to officially lock in for the dog of the week. This is going to sound crazy to the folks out there, but I'm betting against Louisville. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? How <laughs> how dare anybody fade the juggernaut that is the Kenny Payne Cardinals? Uh, no, I'm happy to do it with Bellarmine. Kai, the crosstown rival, super funky offense. Yep. They never dribble. They beat Louisville last year. It's just... I could see Louisville being really tight in this one. Like we have to beat these guys or we're going to be embarrassed. And just like, I don't think that the athleticism edge overwhelms against Bellarmine because of how they play. Uh, It's a six point spread on Ken Palm. Love that one. And it sounds like you're joining me. I'm joining you. Yeah. Makes me a little bit nervous that, you know, a lot of these, it's going to be, we have to beat this team. Like you said, so it can be tight play or it can be just balls to the wall you know, uh, all out effort sort of thing, but I know who's coaching on the sidelines. It's Davenport versus Payne. Uh, that is a mismatch of mismatches and maybe Bellarmine doesn't win out right here. I, I do think six, they, they, they probably stay within the margin, but gosh, Matt, why would you be confident in Louisville? They, they look pretty confident against Texas and Indiana who both teams, we're not sure if they're actually good. Bellarmine can shoot unlike Indiana and, Louisville just hung with New Mexico State for 40 minutes. Uh, Shorthanded New Mexico State. Oh, it's way better than that team. So I'm joining Jim on Bellerman. Uh, can I tempt you, Matt, on on St. Joe's at all? Uh, yeah, I looked at it. I they they it. have. I'm, still, I'm bitter that I had the money line against Kentucky and they didn't play. actually win. So uh, so I'm pissed off at them. They're in my doghouse. They, they just have that variant swing, the ability for to sure. get hot from deep. They have a terrific backcourt. And Villanova, while they look good, they still have Kyle Neptune on the sidelines and they still lost to Penn. Uh, they're not immune to losing this game. Coming back Agreed. from Atlantis too, maybe a little yeah, bit yeah. of an angle to that where they're going to be hungover uh, in a travel sense, maybe not like literal hungover, but mm-hmm. I like that one too, Kai. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not I'm not taking it and I can't trust Billy Lang, but the angle right. is is sound, I think. Yeah, Lang is, I think, 0-4 and, and hasn't covered any of those games against Nova since he's been there. Uh, although this is kind of, again, the new Neptune era. And I think as Kai mentioned, more vulnerable. Um, Jim. Evansville, you have circled here as a as a money line dog. I uh, I like this one too. I just passed on it because I feel like they they've just been so hot that they're due for kind of a letdown against a pretty good Bears team. Yeah, this is this is a ride the wave type of thing here. Uh, plus nine on the road at Missouri State, kicking off conference play. Matt, you're talking about the conference dogs in your opening little section there. I just think the the Purple Aces have a little mojo to them right now, and they're they're way outstripping their analytical baseline. Uh, the Chattanooga game there down 20 came all the way back. And, and I thought the next day it, it might be kind of a sleepy effort. And nope, they just absolutely smacked Southeast Missouri State. Th- this team is seems like it's pedal to the floor. Matt, you read their fan forums. The, the fans are extremely high on them. And fans are hyped. Sort They're of hyped. Th- that matters. Like there's actually good vibes around this team and kicking off league play. Maybe it's a, a new beginning under David Raglan. Yeah, certainly they have some young uh, some young talent. And uh, Rathen was good last year in non-con too, actually. It, it was tough to see because of how bad they were late down, but they actually were pretty good non-con. Uh, so hopefully there's not a repeat movie of a conference collapse looming this season. 
Um, just to rehash, I'm only taking Sam Houston and Tarleton. I'm ignoring everything kind. Jim said on the recommendations. Jim is taking Sam Houston, Bellerman, and Evansville. Kai following me on Sam Houston and Jim too. Throwing a dart at St. Joe's and also taking Bellerman because fading Louisville has been a profitable strategy for sports betting investors. Thank you, Kenny Payne. Now we transition seamlessly into Blowout City, which will be a quick breeze flyover as it's not a fun section to discuss. But yes, we did discuss that Mizzou and K-State were in prime positions last week to blow out their opponents, and K-State did so emphatically. Mizzou sort of crawled to a blow when uh, your Tigers, gentlemen, don't exactly look like a well-oiled um, machine. But And they didn't cover the closing line, I don't think. They didn't move up because people, t- yeah, Mizzou took money. So yeah. what number you got, you may not have actually got there. So a uh, lesson learned. Mizzou will no longer be allowed in this section. There's the most obvious blowout spot of all spots coming on Wednesday. There was other ones I identified, but this one des- deserves a standout discussion. James Madison is hosting Buffalo. And for those who don't know, James Madison is back to their usual ways under Mark Byington, just beating everyone that stands in their way uh, and with margin for that matter, especially bad teams. And Buffalo certainly qualifies Mr. McKeon. The running bulls under a former Villanova assistant just do not have it this year. Um, plain and simple. James Madison beat them by a million last year. What's to say they're not going to beat them by a million this year? They probably will. Uh, the the line, gosh, you told me this is the line preseason. I would say you're absolutely insane. It, it'll be in the 20s. Um, but look at the matchup, and you're like, I, I don't see how James Madison doesn't kill them. It's going to be an up-tempo game. They're going to force a ton of turnovers. They're going to score at will. The one, you know, maybe question mark is, is Buffalo really this bad defensively, or are teams hitting shots? Only five teams in the country have 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 allowed opponents to shoot a better percentage from deep and the bulls opponents are shooting almost 44% from three. That's going to come down, but James Madison can shoot. And, and who's to say Buffalo is not getting wide open looks every time. I, I I'm certainly not against that. So I think this happens. I think Jamie kills them, Jim. They're always motivated too. I don't feel like they're not like a, a sleepy sort of uh, big favorite that we see across no. the country. They're the most fun big favorite because yeah. you look up and they're up 35 to six and you're yeah. like, whoa, what, what happened here? I, I told you guys, I want to bet them first five minutes, first 10 minutes, uh, first half full game. I I just think they destroy Buffalo. If you go to Bart Torvik's site and filter out preseason, this spread is minus 39. That is <laughs> ridiculous. Like both these teams have gone in complete different directions since the start of the year. Matt, I'm with you. I think it's blowout. I won't go into the other details on on my other blowout, but I think Iowa destroys North Florida as well. I'll just I'll just as do I. I had that Jim. The other one I had um, was Wright State versus IUPUI. I think people are realizing that IUPUI stinks, um, but I I did not put that. A little the... first conference games the only thing spooking yeah. me off of that. And Wright State decides to not play defense uh, on occasion. So yeah, there you have that as well. Let's talk to some actual marquee matchups, but before we do. A quick word from our fine sponsor, BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the power game of the week, and we're going to keep it short and sweet here. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. Um, just a teaser, we backloaded this pod with a lot of the discussions of the cross-conference uh, showdown. So we're only going to talk about the two biggest of the battles 
coming on Thursday. That's UConn at Kansas, Houston at Xavier as the two for there. But on Wednesday, I'm sort of bending the rules of the power game of the week, calling Colorado at Colorado State a true power blue blood matchup, Kai, if you want to nitpick what the Mountain West considers itself from the hierarchy of conference labels. It's still a fun battle out there in the mountains. Um, just always great games between these two, Tad Boyle versus Nico Medved. Going to be at Fort Collins. Um, there's been some battles there before. I think the Rams get this one done. This is on Wednesday, Mr. McKean. What do you think come, or plays out here? Man, it's just it's shocking to see Colorado State above Colorado and Kempom right now. They, they've risen 45 spots since the preseason. That's driven a lot by their dismantling of Creighton. Are they for real? Is Colorado State for real? I, I tend to think they're going to be very, very good, and they are very good. Isaiah Stevens is one of the best guards in the country, not just at you know the Mountain West, the mid, mid-major level. But I mean, Creighton shot horribly that game. It was not a good effort for them. I know I'm not sure Colorado is as affected by the quote-unquote you know, altitude travel. The heck, they they reside in the same exact state. I think Colorado is probably the best defensive team they've played. The slight apologies to Creighton. I know Creighton's pretty good on that end as well, but maybe Colorado gives them a little more trouble. I can't see the Rams shooting this well the entire season. I kind of lean towards the Buffaloes, Jim. I think Colorado State might be just a tad overrated in analytics right now. Yeah, and this is, I think, a game where Colorado State's lack of size is going to hurt them. Colorado can pound them inside. Uh, the, the Rams' defensive rebounding rate has, has stabilized after a really concerning opener, and they're actually in the top 50 now, but they haven't played a super brutish front court besides Kalkbrenner. Uh, and Patrick Cartier left last game for Colorado State. They have almost no size with him. You take him out of lineup, and that team is tiny, tiny, tiny. Uh, I think Matt's boy, Tristan Da Silva, has a big game in the paint. Even Eddie Lampkin can probably go to work against a smaller front line here. So it's kind of the guards shot making for Colorado State against what I think is a major, major interior advantage for Colorado. And I just sort of lean towards the buffs there, Matthew, despite how good the guard play is for the Rams. It's a bummer. It was a spot I circled like in the beginning of the year, like I'm going to back the Rams against this sort of overrated Colorado team. And then, you know, the tides quickly turn there. I'm not really excited to back Colorado either, but certainly not going to lay margin with the Rams based on a 30 point jumping Kempom of one, albeit awesome game. You're right, Jim. They played 39 minutes without Patrick Cartier in that game. So uh, salute to Nico Medved and the boys of Colorado state Kai Thursday, kind of Kansas, pretty good game. Houston at Xavier. Also a pretty game. Let's talk KU hosting the Huskies to start. Um, Kansas sort of off of that Maui trip where we've kind of worried about some hangovers, teams coming off that. They do have a game before this to kind of get out any cobwebs. But now then they host Donovan Klingon. And so Donovan Klingon versus Hunter Dickinson matchup will be awesome. The guard play should be fantastic. I give a slight edge to KU's guards, but I also worry about their depth. What's your angle here? Man, I've, I've watched both teams play a few times. I think UConn's better. Uh, just, just straight up. Uh, I think Dickinson, Dickinson's going to be fine against anybody he plays, but man, Klingon and, and Johnson as two guys opposing him at the five is, is not too bad for UConn. They could give him a little bit of pause, a little bit of trouble inside. I think UConn matches up well across the board pretty much. I think Newton's a great defender for Dewan Harris. He's got like five inches on him on the perimeter, uh, maybe three inches. I think Dewan Harris is a little taller than, than people realize. But yeah, it's at Allen Fieldhouse. That's the one thing. It's like, can you really back a UConn team going to Allen Fieldhouse in a hype spot? Huge game here. Castle, hopefully back for UConn. That's another point in their favor. It's probably going to be a stay away from me, Jim, but I do think UConn's a better team. 
Yeah, this is a, a tug of war looking at some of the the angles of it. I, I'm with you right now, especially at this stage of the season. UConn is better because I just don't think Kansas has figured out their offense and their complementary scoring has not really come around. And man, I think UConn comes in with a great game plan with, with Kamani Young and, and Luke Murray on the sideline. Those guys have been super sharp. Uh, Klingon finally looked like himself against New Hampshire at 29 points and 26 minutes or it just completely exploded. And it seemed like he's maybe fully healthy from the foot injury. And one of one of UConn's big edges defensively is they take away the three-point line, but that doesn't matter against Kansas. They don't want to shoot threes. They want to pound the, the paint and use their elite ball movement, multiple great passers in the lineup to, to kind of cut you up. And that maybe is an advantage against UConn here. Matt, UConn, I think has like, well, close to the nation's longest non-conference winning streak by double digits. I think that ends here, well, whether in a loss or by single-digit win. Um, but I'm, I'm not betting this game. I, this is, I think, too close to call. Also, Jim, a look-ahead spot for UConn. They have uh, UNC next Tuesday. No, I, they're not going to look ahead. On trip, but, <laughs> There's uh, no looking ahead of Kansas. <laughs> but um, I, That's yeah, New Hampshire. Is, New Hampshire on Monday was the ultimate look-ahead. Yep, and they certainly sleptwalk. Yeah, one by twenty, but it was kind of close there for a while. Um, yeah, so I think UConn's kind of gotten there. They're ready for this one for sure. Kansas, I think, will be ready too. I think anytime Kansas has rest, they'll just be a, a better, better team to back with their uh, the lack of depth that Bill Self seems to trust there, but. Uh, the the other one here, you know, I think going into the year, Jim, Houston at Xavier was a more lauded matchup. But with the way Xavier's playing lately with all those injuries to the front court, they've looked decimated against Oakland. Uh, Houston brings a pretty vaunted front line to the table. Um, I, I think this is a game where Houston grabs like 20 offensive rebounds. Kempom has a Houston minus seven. Sean Miller's a good coach. I just don't know if you can come up with some voodoo magic to overcome the lack of size that they'll be dealing with up front. Yeah. They're going to get smacked in the paint and I have no idea how they score offensively. Like they're none of their guards are really excel at creating a one-on-one advantage and they're going to be hounded by some of the best perimeter defenders in the entire country. Shed is going to cut the head off the snake, even though Xavier's offense doesn't really have a, a head of the snake right now. Maybe you call it Desmond Claude, but I'm just not really sure how they generate points, Kai. I'm probably not going to get there on the number if they're laying a touchdown on the yeah. road at Cintas, which is a great, great home environment. But, man, I just I don't see how this one ends well for Xavier. Yeah, number's tough. I think Houston smacks them. Just just watching the, the Oakland game yesterday, Matt's right. Trey Townsend was unstoppable inside. Even Chris Conway was unstoppable inside for Oakland. And when Uzmain got in foul trouble for Xavier, they're left with two – uh, Eastern European freshmen, I believe they're from, from Serbia, I think who are not bad, but they can't stand up to this Houston front line. And I think ball handling is going to be an issue. And Xavier, you saw to your point, Jim, the guards against Oakland, they passed up open shots and they chose to drive the ball instead, not confident in their outside shot. You have to be confident in your outside shot to play Houston. You have to shoot those balls. Um, maybe they shoot a little bit better than they did against Oakland, but still, I don't think it's enough. So Matt, I kind of lean Houston winning by double digits here. But again, it is a tough number to lay. Xavier does have a great home court. Yeah, gun to my head, I'd lay it too. But I don't yeah. think I want to. I don't have to bet it, Matt. That's the view. Don't have to bet it. Yeah, it feels like a weird. You know, it's one of those spots where maybe you catch Houston in an off shooting night. But again, that's sort of the view with Houston. When they're missing shots, they can just go grab those misses and lay them in for easy twos. And against this matchup, that will be um, a, a fairly high supply. Now we talk about the mid majors. We got two games of the week to highlight here. Uh, a big one on Thursday, which is not really no longer a mid-major battle at this point with the 
conference promotions for Liberty in Florida Atlantic, Liberty in the Conference USA, Florida Atlantic, and the American, depending on how you define what is and is not a mid-major, Kai. But you see Irvine at Duquesne on Wednesday, two true mid-majors, both the class of their conference, save maybe Duquesne with how good Dayton's been playing lately. But still, uh, two teams that will be vying for conference titles this season. The Dukes are hosting UC Irvine in Pittsburgh, the Steel City, after a, a pretty just insane brawl. Um, left the Duke shorthanded last game and their MTE thing. Um, kind of a wild thing that happened there against uh, Jackson. But anyway, that aside, uh, who do you think wins this battle? It should be close to a coin. No, that, was, that was Robert Morris. Oh, Robert not, Morris, not, not Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah, the other Pittsburgh team. Yeah, I've confused my Pittsburgh <laughs> Anyway, uh, Duquesne does not get in any fights that have not this year. No. So uh, how do you uh, how do you handicap this one? I uh, I like Duquesne. I like Duquesne here. Uh, first of all, tough travel for Irvine, right? You're, you're flying pretty much across the country. Uh, has to be maybe something there. Now, Irvine has not done anything wrong this season. They've been pretty awesome outside their first game. But I think the absence of Bain Leuchten, is going to hurt uh, Irvine here. Duquesne, a very tough team. They have their own issues with injuries. Trey Williams has been out, but they still have a very tough front line. The Dramas, despite being 6'7", they basically play like they're you know 6'10", uh, the way their their physicality matches up. Uh, Dan Brott, fantastic coach. I think he's going to have a good game plan here. Duquesne's offense has been really good. Their defense is physical. So I, I, I kind of like Duquesne here, Jim. Bet and Duquesne. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I just think the... Irvine to Vegas back home, quick back across the country, all the way to Pittsburgh is, is bad travel. And I think they're a little overvalued analytically. They caught some teams in Vegas and and took care of shorthanded Pepperdine and Blitz Rice, who is a complete freaking mess right now on a young Toledo team that hasn't fully gotten there. I just, I considering the losses they had in the portal with Dawson Baker and DJ Davis, both going to power conference teams. I don't see them as a true top 75 squad and that's how they're getting valued. Uh, I'll take laying one or two uh, with Duquesne at home here, Matthew. Yeah, I agree. I was a little worried about Duquesne when they lost to Princeton at home, but now Princeton, we know, is like a Princeton top. Princeton is unbelievable. So whatever, oh it'll beat everyone by home. Um, whole other discussion, but the headliner, Kai, Thursday, Liberty against FAU, our owls off a dominating performance in the Orlando MTE. Now, there is some asterisks to be applied to that. They, they caught some teams with some key injuries. Uh, Virginia Tech certainly couldn't make a shot against them in the title game. Uh, Liberty just continues to steamroll everyone that wants to play them. Matchup um, angles galore here. Two uh, chess masters here on the hardwood. Probably the talent edge to FAU, but the systematic execution edge to Liberty. What gives? Yeah, a classic. I don't want to bet against either team. I think both teams are awesome. Uh, if you really want to dig into it, FAU's played a tougher schedule. They, they've played three teams that are power level, top 70 squads on Kimpum. Liberty is yet to play a top 100 team. They haven't played bad teams, but the competition level hasn't been the same. Now, FAU dropped them to Bryant, of course, but then they rattled off three really impressive wins, Butler, A&M, and Virginia Tech. I don't care who was out for A&M. Still, still very, very impressive. Um, yeah, Jim, I, I don't know what to do with this one. I, I think Liberty comes out with a great game plan, but I think the line's going to be right where I'm, around where I'd make it. And Dusty May is no slouch either on, on the sidelines. Yeah, I'm with you in, in terms of line being right around where like Ken Palm projects it. So I, I don't think I'll have much of a numerical advantage. Uh, Nick Boyd potentially still out for FAU. They did get Rosado back in the last game of that MTE. That was that was fairly important for their depth. Uh, Liberty hasn't played. You mentioned, Kai, the, the schedule like they haven't played athleticism. Like you yeah. look at, OK, you know, Vermont executes like crazy. Furman executes like crazy, uh, but there's not this high level athleticism. So we have to see them against that and FAU, the way they can spread the ball out. They also have a true seven footer, which you know Liberty plays nobody taller than six, seven. 
potentially a, a big game for Golden in there or a lot of post doubles. And if you post double against FAU, they can punish you from the perimeter. So, Matt, I do sort of lean FAU the more I dig into it. But like I said, I don't really want to bet against either team. Liberty just executes so well. They take a good shot every time down the floor. It's it's not a fun team to go against. Yeah, just to clarify, this is at FAU's home court. So, um, and they, yeah. they both Field of play 68. Invitational. Invitational. That's right. Our, uh, our cool. Oak Lord sponsored. But they, and then there's another game coming after this too. So just to some context considerations there. Um, yeah, just a fun game. I have no interest in betting this one. And I have no interest in betting the next section, our Trash Man Pick of the Week. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. I'm the Trash Man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage. And you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. I picked out one that sort of breaks my heart because it's one of my favorite coaches in the country, San Jose State, Timmy Miles. Um, he's kind of known for playing ugly, gritty games. Uh, they are playing at Cal Poly, Kai. This is our trash and pick of the week. At Cal Poly in the midst of a four-game and eight-day stretch. They just beat North Dakota State, covered last night. Um, they played these two last year, 62 possession game. The final score is 65 to 43. So I guess the under should be about 108 at that, uh, based on last year's precedent. Um, I think I'm going to lay it though with the uh, the Spartans here and, and probably the under two, which is never a good strategy, but I think it makes sense in this matchup. I'd probably prefer to lay it too. You think San Jose State probably not a good favorite? Well, beat North Dakota State by 13, Hanson by 19, Norfolk State by 24, even Irvine by eight. I mean, they're beating teams by by margin uh, this season, and, and that's because their defense is incredible, and they can also shoot. This is not like a, a, a an unskilled team by any stretch. Uh, Tim Miles has guys that can shoot. They And Trey Anderson, for instance, guys shot 47% from three this season. Cal Poly's a mess. Uh, I, they they did beat St. Thomas, but St. Thomas is a mess in their own right. Um, I think Cal Poly's a physical team. They certainly have a solid backcourt, I would say, a solid one. A couple power guys in there. Jared Hyder played for California back in the day. Uh, but I think San Jose State gym gets it done. I got I got nothing here, fellas. I, I just the only thing I want to do in the garbage or the trash man pick of the week here is congratulate <laughs> Chicago State and Delaware State for not being yeah. a selection here. Uh, they will probably appear in this section later in the year, Matt. So I'm glad you left them yep. out. And you know, it's like a survivor pool in the NFL. Like we're, we're just gonna save those two for for yeah, later. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hold your line. yeah, you gotta <laughs> save your big guns for last if if that even resonates in this context. Um yeah, let, let's get out of this. Let's get out of the trash, let's come out of the sludge into the light where we will spotlight the big boy conferences, the conference challenges. We have the SEC, ACC challenge, SEC, ACC, whatever. I don't know who goes first yeah, in that. Our, our IP, Big Ten, who, who got, yeah. you know, it ended because they're mm-hmm. like TV rights deal, and now SEC swoops in. Yeah, shame. Um, and then the Big 12, Big East challenge, which actually is the better challenge, if we're being honest about it. And yes. that one starts Thursday, Friday, but the SEC, AC starts on Wednesday, uh, we'll get to some Big Ten discussion here quickly at the end because their conference play kicks off. One of the conferences that decides to do a, a shotgun two-game start before the new year, before commencing after the break. But, Kai, we start with Wednesday, SEC, ACC. Uh, the five marquee ones, Tennessee at North Carolina, Duke at Arkansas, Texas A&M at Virginia, Florida at Wake, and Georgia at Florida State. We won't go through all these in detail. The people want picks. Which of these has your eye from a good matchup angle? What are you eyeing here? 
I think Tennessee would be a pretty good bet against North Carolina. Um, good old Rocky Top. Yes, Rocky sing the Rocky Tennessee. Top. Oh yeah, uh, coaching you. mismatch. In my opinion, North Carolina is super talented. There, there's no denying that they're more they're they're better than I expected this season. But I still think they have warts. And Tennessee's not a team to mess around with. Uh, not going to be intimidated by the quote unquote wine and cheese crowd, Matthew uh, of the Tar Heels. Uh, so I do like Tennessee there. I'd love to back Arkansas, Jim, but I can't trust them. They've looked horrible this season, so probably stay away from that game against Duke. I like Virginia uh, against Texas A&M. I think they give them real problems by taking away the middle. Uh, and A&M not fully healthy. Who knows? TBD on, on Henry Coleman. Uh, those are the three I'm kind of looking at, Jim. Staying fully away from Wake. Staying fully away from Georgia. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on Tennessee, as I as I sang just now. Uh, Do you guys see the the little stretch that that Tennessee is on in terms of big men they faced? Uh, Edie Dickinson and Baycott, three first-team All-Americans, back-to-back-to-back games. Both these teams coming back from respective island tournaments. So I think that sort of offsets, although Tennessee obviously has the longer travel coming from Hawaii. But I think they've got the physicality to frustrate UNC in the paint. The the games I've watched of UNC, they've kind of overwhelmed with size and Baycott. and, And even Washington off the bench has been terrific. Good luck doing that against Tennessee. I don't think that happens there. Um, and hopefully connect. And Ganey can get going and, and get Tennessee's offense uh, juiced up there. Kai, the other one I like is I'm actually going to lay it with Florida State. I think Georgia's a little overvalued right now, not as good as I, I really or computers think they are. And then, Matt, I think Florida State's legit. I, I'm pretty in on them. They're huge. They, they play like 6-6 six, six and up at every single spot. They're athletic, and the only real bad half of basketball they played was against Florida when the Gators monsooned like 10 threes in the first half. And I'm not holding that too far against the Knolls. So I will I will lay that minus five with FSU. I'm with you, Jim, on the ladder. Actually, I'm with both uh, Florida teams. So a little handshake agreement here between the in-state rivals down there in the Sunshine State, uh, both with tons of size, and I think both playing teams that are overvalued. Uh, Georgia, Jim, you mentioned it. Wake looked really Brittle in that MTE, like, yeah, thank you, Kyle. Just kind of go right, cut to the chase (laughs) there. Um, We like Steve Forbes, but that team, I think, is a little bit devoid of depth, a little too reliant on, you know, um, who's the Gonzaga transfer whose name I can't Uh, remember right now. Hunter Salas, the guy outside of him. They got nothing else. They got Marsh back for for size inside, but he's kind of just like a plotter finisher type. Uh, They need Efton Reed, and and he's not coming. Even their cover against Towson was like a late 9-0 spurt that, made it look like it was a comfortable win when it was not. Yeah. Hey, I don't like going against the home teams in these challenges generally, but this is an exception. I'll make Florida going to wake and I will take Virginia. I'm with you guys um, laying it uh, against A&M, especially if those injuries loom large Reese Beekman, the glove defender slot him on Wade Taylor. Who's been an all American so far this year. I think you take that away and and it looks a lot more vulnerable and and uh, in one dimensional, so to speak. So all right, SEC, ACC, done. Big 12, Big East, Thursday, Friday. We talked about the two marquee ones at the onset, but we had Texas Tech at Butler. Can I, can I quick whine about the yeah, matchups? absolutely. Please, why is this away. not Creighton and Houston? Why is Houston playing The matchups never make sense. There's always, two, there's always two very clear like misses of of the yeah. the, the sorting. The sorting hat messes Xavier up. and Oklahoma yeah. State should be playing patty cake somewhere and give, give me Creighton and Houston. I'm, I'm just bummed that that's not the game. Yeah, poor Oklahoma State, um, a team I don't think is very good. They're going to catch Creighton, likely not too happy off a uh, you know a horrible loss to Colorado State here. So uh, Creighton has to go to Gallagher Iva, always a tough place to play, Kai. But I think that's going to be a blowout. St. John's at West Virginia in the battle of who the heck knows what happens here. Um, obviously, I think St. John's is the better team, but man, that defense has looked awfully 
shaky so far. Um, and yeah, just back to Butler real quick. Butler's, I think, you know, it's not last year's Butler. It's a legit Butler team in Texas Tech. Had some issues down there in the Bahamas, Kai. A lot to sort through here. Um, I have no official plays, actually, from this group. Do you? No, all three of these are pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech, I made the mistake of watching the Villanova game. Not as good as I was hoping for this season. They bounced back. They they struggled with Northern Iowa, but they they beat Michigan soundly, and that was impressive. That was more the effort I was expecting the entire year from, from this team. Butler, really good home court, man. Hinkle Fieldhouse is, is a tough place to play when they're good. And I kind of think they're good. They're, they impressed me last couple of games. Uh, beating Penn State, hanging with FAU is 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 no uh, a slouch effort, we'll say. Uh, so I probably got nothing in that game. St. John's is, is kind of the one I'm looking at. I think West Virginia is bad. Um, it, I, I'm annoyed that I have uh, faded them unsuccessfully in a couple instances, but the recent game against Bellarmine convinced me as well. I, I don't think they're that good. St. John's is too dynamic, but the home court gym does kind of scare me. Obviously a good, uh, tough place to play and St. John's a bit erratic this season. Super erratic, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm taking the red storm. Uh, I won't be scared in this one. Uh, West Virginia down Creesa, a cook Raekwon battle. And they seem like more concerned about Raekwon battles waiver than they do about winning games. Like the amount of whining out of both battle and the AD and the coach, like play basketball and, and try to win games on more than two points, please. West Virginia, uh, St. John's getting RJ Luis back last game, I think matters a lot. Uh, he had 14 on six of 12 shooting in 16 minutes against Holy Cross gives them a competent wing defender with length. They haven't really had. And I have no idea how even West Virginia is going to struggle to score against, uh, or I guess even St. John's can stop West Virginia's offense because West Virginia's guards, there's no creation. There's no real shot making. Uh, so Maddie, I'm, I'm going to take the Johnnies on the road in that one. I think they know they need to win a, a real game, to start getting towards NCAA tournament consideration. So I, I'm not as afraid of the home court, especially because, I mean, other teams have gone in there and, and played great. Bellarmine, Monmouth, Missouri State was in there for 38 minutes. Yeah. Uh, St. John's can win. Agree. I feel pretty confident this game's be close, though, Jim. Um, you know, you played Virginia to a two-point game, and you beat Bellarmine by four. They beat Missouri State by eight, the opening game. That was basically a, a coin flip all the way through, and the SMU game was much closer. So, yeah, so West Virginia is going to be one of those teams. They lost a half to SMU by 23. They, that game was, they lost by 23 points in the second half. That game. Yeah. Wow. They were up 12. And the point is, I think it's a team you don't want to really get involved. It's just an unpredictable team. Um, and generally, nope, get I think involved. they're going to play Take close games. Get involved. Or, or get involved. To be fair, games. the Monmouth game was never close. Monmouth beat them the entire time. Wire to wire. Yeah. Well, wire to wire. Very good. And Missouri State beat them for 30 minutes or so. Bellarmine was a one possession game for 40 minutes. And yeah. I think St. John's is better than Bellarmine. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I agree with I that. Weird so. matchup, but I have to agree. Um, again, nothing for me in these. Let's talk Big Ten. They have conference kickoff action this weekend. Purdue at Northwestern, Maryland at Indiana. Now, these teams are going to play some tune-up games early this week, maybe some look-ahead spots coming up tonight. But we'll see. Um, Purdue at Northwestern. Kai, is there any risk of a um, you know kind Ooh. of a sluggish tiptoe into conference play for the Boilers? Uh, I don't. I certainly don't think so. But um, the Maryland at Indiana game has my attention. Two teams that have struggled mightily. Yeah. Indiana um, struggled to epic proportions. I don't know if they have any chance to to get wins the way they're playing right now. What are you looking at in these two matchups? I'm the the smallest bit nervous about laying almost 10 with Purdue on the road, Northwestern. Northwestern is e- extremely scrappy. They they will probably stay in the game for a while. Uh, they can pressure Purdue's guards. We know what that's like uh, for them occasionally. They they have a bit of size up front with Nicholson to, to combat Edie. Not saying he's going to stop him. No one can but at least it's there. 
and, and they will slow the tempo down. It's going to be a slog. So it might be a little bit tougher for Purdue to pull away in that game. Uh, not really confident either side. The other one, I like Maryland. I'm going to keep fading Indiana. Uh, I think they're bad, really, really bad. And, and I was on Harvard. Harvard beat him for a half, and their big guy got hurt. You know, uh, so it goes. Maryland has the size to, to defend uh, Indiana. That's how they got their points against Harvard. That's how they've been beating teams up. You cannot shoot. Indiana cannot shoot. Maryland, I think, can shoot. and They just haven't yet. And that's the difference. So I like the Terps here, Jim, even on the road. I think we could have made Maryland Indiana the trash man pick of the week. That's my <laughs> my shade I'm throwing at those two teams. They they might be the two worst power conference shooting teams in the country. Uh, Kai, I know you said yeah, right maybe now. Maryland yeah. can shoot, but right now they're they're awful. Um, they're kind of the same team, like point guard we're supposed to trust, fifth-year senior, two dynamic big men that they rely on, and then awful wing core on both sides of the ball. Um I kind of lean Maryland just because I don't trust Indiana, but I that might be the eyes bleed bowl. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't want it. That could be an under. Kai, I'm with you on on not laying Purdue though. That yeah. that makes me nervous. Um, 64-58 win for Northwestern last year at Welsh Ryan over Purdue. Uh, I know it's not the exact same teams on either side. Lance Jones adds something to Purdue, and no Chase Adige matters for for Northwestern. But I just think it's going to be tough to get away from them. They, I, I don't want to need a double digit win against a competent team to start off league play, Matt. So uh, definitely lean Northwestern in that game. I'll just add one point real quick, Matt, Maryland, much better defensively than Indiana. Indiana's defense is brutal yeah. and Maryland can actually defend. That's, that's one last point I'll give there. Yeah. Indiana's perimeter defense in particular is what's bad. They don't guard shooters and they can't so many open threes. Yeah. You yeah. can't defend drives. And they, I mean, where's been a, a safety net at the back end, but yeah, I think Maryland's a more complete defensive team, although they don't have a ton of depth either. Um, yeah, just two very, very shaky teams uh, at the wrong time to be shaky with Big Ten play already um, here and to stay. Very much with you on Northwestern. I might go as far as to say I will take Northwestern um, oh. if the spread is high enough. Yeah, I think there's a chance that Northwestern has the better backcourt for that day. I'm not going to say they're the better backcourt in general, but I think there's a chance Boo Booey can at any given time be the best player on the court. And I think he kind of has that rise to the moment sort of moxie in him. And I think Purdue's got to be out of gas, man. Just played wars after wars on the island. They got a game Tuesday. You're right. There's just no need for them to blow out Northwestern. I think they could probably get a win here by possession or two or three. But beyond that, that's going to be a, a tall, tall order. Closing thoughts, fellas? No, this is a, this is a nice week of ball. I'm excited about it the is. two challenges yeah, we have. I agree. Yep. Good it's ball. stuck up on us, but it's uh, it's here. And uh, we're here to stay. We'll be back all season long. Come back and join us next Wednesday on another episode of The Big Bets on Campus. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.